0: will um today i wanted to preach a message about love and joy and peace i mean i just see candy canes and lollipops all over the place i mean it was just all the good things we could think about god that's what i wanted to preach on today i wanted to build on the reviving spirit that we felt this week and just make us all feel good But I had to give you what God gave me. I hear it said a lot. Don't kill the messenger. (laughs) It's a good thing, though. If you'd stand with me, we're going to read the word of God. It's in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 13. I'm reading out of the modern King James Version. Just to help me read it a little better. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 13, the Bible says, And Jehovah God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you have a word that's on time for us today, Father. It's a relevant word for this congregation. I ask you today, Lord, because it's already anointed that you anoint your servant Lord, anoint our ears to hear what you want us to hear, or anoint our eyes to see what you'd have us to see. I ask you, Lord, for the word of God to go deep down inside of us, Lord, to fertile ground, Lord, that it will spring up within our soul. Hide me behind the shadow of the cross, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. The word deceit means the action or practice of deceiving someone by concealing or misrepresenting the truth or to be tricked. How many has ever been tricked? I was tricked last night. If you don't know it, there's a big window. I shouldn't tell this, but there's a big window behind my desk in the office. And there's a little thin curtain at nighttime when my light's on. You can see right in. You can come in, beat me up if you want. I guess robbers could. I uh, ain't going to get much. But any, anyhow, last night I'm studying and and uh just going along and all of a sudden somebody was at that window beating on that window and scaring me to death and just laughing their head off I was tricked I thought I was there by myself I thought I was just brother Kirk was out there just hee-hawing he was laughing his head off matter of fact he got sister Jennifer said get up here close to the window I want you to see this of course, you're just sitting in his quiet in my office. I'm just reading, reading, reading. And he beats on, I just jumped, <laughs> looked back. So I'll be plotting and planning against him, getting back. The dictionary also says that the word trick means a cunning or skillful act or scheme intended to deceive or to outwit someone. Deceive. That's what, that's what Eve said. The serpent deceive me. The title of my sermon today is Tricked by the Treat, or Tricked for the Treat. I don't know what I told you boys, but either one. Compromise is a word we hear today in the political world, both parties, the Republicans and Democrats, using this word extensively, with neither wanting to budge an inch. They need to compromise, come together. We need to come together on deciding something. We find compromise in marriage. I wrote all this stuff down because I didn't want to forget this. Shelly and I share a bedroom. All right. How many married couples share a bedroom? Okay. We, we share a bedroom. Um, we have a closet, and I built it. And it's, it's 10 foot wide. It's six foot deep with a door right in the middle of it. This is my side on the right side. I've got... Two closet uh, uh, rods down there. There's shelf build up here. There's shelves up here. Shelly has the same thing on her side. How many know her stuff kind of bleeds over into my side? When you walk straight into the closet, right up against the back wall of the closet there, I built a cubby for shoes. 56 cubby holes. Shelly give me three of them. You know, I only have about 10, 10 pairs of shoes, and so Shelly with all of her love and compassion, she said she'll compromise, and she gave me three of them fifty-six to put my shoes in. That's her kind of compromise, and I'm not complaining about it. That's all right. In our bedroom, we have a king size bed. So I compromised. I compromised with her, how we divide up the bed space. Most couples, I heard them talking earlier this week, it's right down the middle. You stay on your side, I'll stay on my side. So you just sleep and and get get your rest. We're not most couples. But I compromised, I gave her this little bitty portion at the top of the bed. I said, "This this is your little corner up here. And I sleep catty corner across the bed. And I heard her telling somebody about he does that. And I was like, "You're small. You don't need that much space. There's plenty for you up there." <laughs> Marriage is about compromise. She likes to go shopping, so I take her shopping. I like to watch the ball game. She'll sit and watch the ball game with me. If I get to go to a game, Shelley would go with me. Not necessarily to watch the game. She likes to try everything in the concession stand. So I had to take a lot of money. It's just about, hey, I want to try these. I want to try that. She'll eat a little bit, and then she'll give it away. No, I don't like that one. I'm going to try something else. I go to Branson with her so she can ride rides. I don't ride too many rides, but I go to support her bad habit. And I eat funnel cake while I'm there. So our compromise works pretty well. She can ride all the rides she wants. The roller coasters make me sick, and there's no way... I ride one ride up there and it's a, it's a roller coaster that's indoors and it has a little water inside there too and it's nice and cool during the summer. That's the one And the whole time I ride it, I'm riding just like this. Just keep my eyes shut and enjoy the air condition when it's over. Then I get out and I go, go get another funnel cake. The compromise can be a good thing. The compromise is not a good thing when we're talking about our Relationship with Jesus. We cannot compromise our relationship with Jesus. When Jesus lays out the groundwork, he shows us, he loves us, he guides us, and we want to compromise from that, we get ourselves in trouble. Eve was deceived. He got her in trouble. Sometimes compromise happens when we never intended it to happen. My word today is be on guard, be sensible, be alert, be sober, be awake. 1 Peter 5 and 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Eve got a first-hand look at this in the serpent. Don't think for a second that Eve had never seen the serpent before. She lived in the garden. She's seen the animals. She knew the animals. I don't believe that Eve started her day thinking, I better be careful today. I don't want to be tricked by something that will lead me away from God. But yes, she was. I believe we'd wake up in the morning, the first thing every day, begin to praise God, thank the Lord for what he's done, start thinking about the, the wonderful things he's did in our life, It'll be a whole lot easier, a whole lot easier not to be deceived as our day goes on from there. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to start our day, wake up, praise the Lord, praise him in the morning and start thanking God for his goodness and his mercies at the beginning of the day. We as Christians would recognize the enemy a whole lot more if we decide to start our days like that. Our devil meter, the devil meter, it'd be going off when we'd walk into situations. We'd understand what's going on. If we'd start our day with praising God, worshiping God, before something happened to us, before something led us away, we would realize we'd be led by the Spirit, and we would realize what's going on. I put down here, our devil meter would be going off and we would look down and see that banana peel on the floor and sidestep it. That's what they say, we slipped up. It had to be a banana peel then. How many know that sometimes a, a banana peel looks an awful lot like your kids? It looks an awful lot like your wife or your husband. It does. Sometimes, sometimes... The devil uses someone you know real well. Living in your house. Lord, help us. We need to be saying, get behind me, Satan. I'm not slipping up today. I'm praising God this morning. He woke me up for another day. I'm praising God for... It is by Jehovah's kindness that we are not destroyed because his mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Hallelujah. I'm not compromising my relationship with God today. My wife or my husband, my kids, and my co workers, my friends, my family, or even a banana peel is not going to trip or trip me up today. That's why we have to be so cautious and careful about what and who we have in our lives and what we entertain ourselves with. Well, it's not that big a deal. I don't know why God keeps taking me to this same spot, but he does. I mentioned it the other night, talking about movies. We've got to guard ourselves. We have to stop entertaining ourselves with what God despises. Amen. i got to say it, whether you amen it or not. First Thessalonians 5 and 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. I love them few words right there because you go to all the different translations and it says it differently, just totally different. Like, stay away from all sorts of evil. Get away from all sorts of evil. Abstain from all sorts. It's telling us the same message over and over and over. And I know I've said that from this pulpit over and over and over to you guys. We've got to abstain from all appearance of evil. The dictionary says abstain means to restrain oneself from doing or enjoying something. Known sins, places we shouldn't be, people we shouldn't be with, entertaining ourselves with things we shouldn't. We need to stay away from these things so we're not deceived. Amen. 2 Corinthians six seventeen says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. How many wants to be received by Christ? Amen. Hallelujah. The people of God are separate people in election, redemption, and the effectual calling, and ought to be so in their conduct and conversation. We have to be careful who we entertain ourselves with. We have to be careful who our friends are. We have to be careful who we give our attention to. We have to be careful who we give our hearts to. When we begin to compromise who we're hanging out with, who we're spending our time with, who we put our energy in, who we start confiding in, we're in danger. Don't be tricked by the treat. Hallelujah. I was thinking about this and... And I know we're, we're coming up on a season that's trick-or-treat. They're always going to do that kind of stuff. And, and I wasn't, didn't intentionally see, see this, but I was reading one day, and I was like, wow, they were tricked. And I said, tricked by the treat. Tricked by the treat. And it led me right here to Judges 16 and 4. After leaving Gaza, he, we're talking about Samson, fell in love with a woman in the Shrek Valley. Her name was Delilah. The Philistine rulers came to Delilah and said, trick Samson and find out what makes him so strong. Find out how we can overpower him. We want to tie him up in order to torture him. Each one of us will give you one or 1,100 pieces of silver. I was reading in Dake's commentary and he said if, if the pieces of silver, the coins, were $2.50, it was over $13,000 she was fixing to make by just finding out how to tie Samson up. This is a great example for us to learn from. Samson was hanging out in places he should have never been. With people he should have never been entertained with. By the way, if you didn't know, Delilah was a prostitute. Here's some of the things Samson did. Samson ripped a lion apart barehanded. He killed 30 men in Judges 14 and 19. He caught 300 foxes. That's an amazing miracle right there. How do you catch 300 foxes? He slaughtered Philistines in Judges 15 and 8. He broke two new ropes that bound him in the 15 and 14. He killed a thousand armed men with the jawbone of a donkey in Judges 15, 15 through 17. He brought water out of the jawbone in Judges 15, 16 through 20. He tore away the, from the city wall the doors of the gate of the city with the two posts and bar, carrying them on top of the hill before Hebron. He had many feats. He broke seven green cords of braided wood that bound him. He broke new ropes that bound him. He broke a pin that bound his seven locks of hair to the wall and carried the pin and the web with him. He killed 3,000 men and women by pulling down the great pillars that held up the house. But Samson was deceived. Samson was deceived. It started in his heart, his heart was deceived. He fell in love with somebody he shouldn't have fell in love with. Because he's hanging out with somebody he shouldn't have been hanging out with. This doesn't have to be a person. It can be a thing. Anything that separates us from God can be that deception. And this is exactly what happened to Samson. Samson betrayed both himself and God and paid dearly for his foolishness and sin. He was tricked by the treat. Samson compromised He should have seen that the Delilah was determined to ruin him. But the weakness of his heart was greater than the strength of his body. Amen. I don't know how many times I've actually preached this sermon. I haven't preached that many sermons in my life. I've preached this in three or four times already because this really touches me. Because this one is so blatant and so out there. She tells him at the beginning what she's going to do. And he still does it. You think, well, Samson, he just wasn't very smart. It was all them steroids he was on. He he just wasn't very smart, you know. He didn't he didn't have it all together. Are we not in the same position? We have the Word of God. We know the Word of God. We're preached the Word of God, and yet we keep walking in the same mud puddle every time. I don't know if you ever seen Groundhog Day, a movie. He steps in a mud puddle every time, every day. He repeats that same day and steps in that same mud puddle. That reminds us. Reminds me of us. We know to do good. And we don't do it. That means it's sin to us. And you're just wondering, why do I keep going back to that same thing? Why do I keep going back to that same thing? Samson knew better. But he went back to the same thing. He was deceived. We keep deceiving ourselves. Let me tell you something. Put in the right circumstances, people will sell you out. The chance of the devil selling you out? 100%. He's going to sell you out. Isn't it amazing that sometimes we can't see the obvious attacks before they take place? We can't see the end results before they take place. Sometimes they call a play in football, and you can see it. I, I play and in that Madden football, and we'll play, and, and I see the way he lines up on defense. I know I'm fixing to score a touchdown because of the way he's set up. I can see what's coming down the road already. I get excited knowing I just got to snap this ball and throw it, and he's going to be beat, and he's going to be over there on the couch crying. He'll be crying. <laughs> trying to teach him how to lose gracefully. I let him win the other night, so don't think I'm a terrible dad. I can hear somebody in their heart say right now, listen, Drew, you're talking about separating ourselves, not being deceived. Uh, We're in this world, though. Jesus was in this world, too. I mean, we're, we're in this world, so Jesus spent time with the worldly people. He did. After all, Drew, the Bible tells us to go into all the world, and it does. And we're all flesh and blood, and it's obviously we're in the world. We're human beings. All of them things are correct. But I want us to remember, remember the rest of the scripture. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Let's not forget why we're here. Jesus was preaching and ministering to the lost world, not entertaining himself with it. Amen. Jesus did spend time with the worldly of his day. In fact, it's in the scriptures. But Jesus didn't lose focus on the task at hand. He had one purpose, one goal, one mindset. He was going to glorify the Father. Amen? That was his goal. He wasn't trying to make friends. He was trying to make disciples. Hallelujah. Jesus wasn't seeing how close he could get to the world and with the world and still remain in a relationship with his Father. Jesus was never tricked. He was never tricked. He was never deceived. He was being the example to follow. He was leading people to God. He didn't participate in wild parties and wild women and alcoholic beverages. He didn't hang out with the wrong crowd to be accepted, do drugs, and use foul language because of peer pressure. And he heard some foul language. I'm just going to tell you. Well, I have it at work all the time, and so it comes out once... Jesus, don't kill the messenger. Thank you, Jesus. Some, think, some people think in order to minister in this world, we have to look like the world, dress like our generation, act like our society, and talk their verbiage. I know a well-known minister. That's the way he was. I've seen pictures in the past where he's just a normal, clean-cut guy. And now he looks like a hobo because he's going to go out preaching. I don't think God requires that. I don't think God requires that. I'm not suggesting that we move to the mountains and make our own clothes and talk in these and thous and make us sound to make us sound better than everyone else or act holy. Act so holy that it makes God sick. I'm not saying we need to do that. Oh Lord, bless this hamburger I'm about to eat, this holy cow. This morning, Lord, I seen holy smoke outside. We call it fog. Lord, I named our triplets, faith, grace, and mercy. Bless them. Lord, I won't even buy a dirt devil vacuum. I just want to be holy. I'm not suggesting that. We're in the world. But we don't have to be partakers of the world. We don't have to entertain ourselves with the the stuff that God despises. We're sitting up here preaching about and then entertaining ourselves with the same things. don't make sense it's not what I'm talking about we don't need to be so holy like that God does call us to be holy not to show it off not to not to say look at me I'm so holy and my kids are all biblical names and attributes of God I'm not talking about that Jesus was here to save those that were lost He was on a mission. He was focused on doing his father's will. Mm. Someone said, then how do I witness? My answer to that would be the same way Jesus did. John 6, 38. For I came down from heaven, not to do my will, but the will of of him who sent me. He glorified the father. Matthew 5, 16 tells us, Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. 1 Peter 1 and 15 says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. We are to be holy. But you know what? Holiness is not this suit, this tie. A granny bun on your head. That's not holiness. It's the truth whether you say amen me or not. It's still the truth. There should be so much of Christ showing through us that his presence demands a response. Hallelujah. Brother Dane was talking about Moses coming off that mountain. His face was glowing. There was no question he had been in the presence of God. That's the way we ought to be. People ought to see the God shining through us. So where they know... He's a Christian. He's different. There's something different about him. I was out on the baseball field one day, and a man was just talking to me. Just talking. He finally asked me. He said, "What's different about you?" And I just kind of grinned. And then he looked at me. He goes, "Are you a pastor or something?" I said, "No." So I'm just a, just a Christian. <laughs> I'm just a Christian. My voice didn't quite break like that, but I mean, yeah, I'm just a Christian. They need to know. They need to see the difference. Be careful who you're hanging with. Students, be careful who your crew is. You might think these guys are going to church. They'd say they're going to church. They're Christians. You might be hanging out with the serpent. You might be hanging out with the serpent. You better be careful. Don't be tricked by the treat. I love what Brother Dane said the other night. He said, it's easy to get saved. It's all we have to do is ask Jesus to forgive us. That's the easy part. Submitting to him, that's the hard part. Submitting every aspect of our life to him, that's the hard part. That's where we get tripped up. That's where we get tricked a lot of times. Submission. It's hard to walk out our salvation when everyone around us is doing it. And so we're thinking, well, why can't I? It's the truth. Everyone else is sleeping around. They say they're Christians. Why can't I do it? Every other mom is shacking up. Why can't I do it? It's got quiet. You get quiet, I think it's you. Don't be tricked by the tree. I feel like the watchman today. It's hard walking out of our salvation when our family that's not saved is making fun of us for our belief in Jesus Christ and our commitment and to live for him. It's hard. I know it's hard. You know what they want? They want you to give in and act like they do. They want you to be deceived. They want you to be deceived. Follow what they're doing. Sometimes the treat is giving someone a piece of our mind. Oh, I've got a word for you. You talk about hearing a word in church all the time. I remember it was a dark day for me. I was in Target and Conway. It was I was in the hospital with Peyton. And, uh, you know, when, when you get down, when things go bad for you, Brother Dodge, it, that's when the devil wants to attack. I mean, he wants to come and hammer on you. We were in the hospital. We were praying, doing our best to believe God for Peyton's life. And uh, I went into Target one day. And this woman, I don't even know the, what happened. But this woman, she, she was being just real rude and ugly to me while I checked out. And I kept my mouth shut the whole time. She was baiting me in, I just kept my mouth shut, and I had a buggy there, and when I got past the cash register to the end of it, I just left the cart there, picked up my bag, and walked out, and she smarted off to me and said, you could take that cart over there and put it up, that was the last straw. I bit, that was the last straw. I turned around, talked to her, I didn't cuss her. I didn't do anything like that. I didn't call her any names. I didn't say you're ugly and fat and this, this, this. She was a skinny woman, probably good looking. I don't even remember. But what I just started telling her, you don't talk to me. You don't talk to me. And it was just bubbled up into me and come out. I was loud. I was boisterous. If you've seen the film of it, you'd probably say, what is wrong with that guy? I let the flesh take over that day. I was deceived into feeling my feelings. You know, you can't tell somebody how to feel. You can't, you can't tell them how to feel. But you know what? And all that praying and everything. I'm praying for my son. I wasn't praying for me. God help me. Help my relationship. You think, while well, you're praying for your son. That's good enough. No. It's not. I can pray every day, be in here for an hour and pray, God, give me a sermon. Give me a sermon. Lord, show me. Give me a word for the church. If I'm not praying for Drew and my relationship getting closer and closer to God, Drew's going to be in trouble. I was not putting that card up. There was a bunch of cards there. Anybody could have... It was just the devil. It was Satan. He was tempting me. And guess what? I took of the fruit. I got to the car, I was still fuming. Driving down the road, I'm still mad. And then God started talking to me. I'm sure He was talking to me before, Brother Mike, but I wasn't listening to the Spirit. He started talking to me. He said, That was wrong. Oh, God, you've seen what she did. I bit my tongue all them stupid things she was saying to me, and I didn't say a word. And finally, she got what she was coming. Sometimes the treat is saying what you want to say. The devil wants to trick you, Sister Donna, in saying what you want to say. I'll turn loose. Give her a tongue lashing. That's what she deserves. Don't give in. Don't be tricked by faith. Moses, when he would come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. That pleasure of sin in that moment was saying what I want to say. Maybe you think, well, that's not that big a deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Do you know what's coming out of this is down in here. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. I went back to Target. I didn't want to. In my spirit, I was kicking and screaming, throwing myself on the ground. No, God, I don't want to do this. And I just kept walking. Carden said, Dad, what are you doing? I said, I got to go apologize. No, I'm not really sorry, but God told me to. Got in there, and I guess the woman was off shift, and I didn't even get to apologize to her. We can't be tricked. We don't need to be tricked. You would think somebody that's walking face to face with God through a beautiful garden wouldn't be tricked. But Eve was deceived. Adam was deceived. Well, she's doing it. I might as well do it. Yeah, I heard God tell me that. I know God told me not to do that, but she's doing it. You know, God, God made her, so it must be all right. Women make terrible gods. Men make terrible gods. Don't let somebody talk you into something.